Welcome back to another episode of Better with Paul. Now, you know, like always, this episode was incredible. Not only did we have amazing guests, but this episode was packed full of value. And I know a lot of people overuse that word value, but I promise you, this was value. So I'm excited for you to hear it. Let's do it right after the break. Another episode of Better with Paul. Yeah. So with all of my guests, I always ask them to introduce themselves with their name. Where are they from? And what are they most passionate about? Okay. Enver Yücel. My name is Enver Yücel. I'm from Turkey. From the Black Sea coast, Black Sea region coast of Turkey. I was born in a small village on the Black Sea coast of Turkey. And my hometown produces the 75% of the hazelnuts in the world. When I was a senior high school student, I failed my classes. Wow, I didn't know that. Ben bilmiyordum bunu. And uh, I started a test preparation center. I started to go a test preparation center to get prepared for the university entrance exam and to pass my failing grades. I was at the age of 18 then. Uh, the test prep center that I was attending had only two classrooms and a year later Uh, I became a partner with a mathematics teacher and we bought that place. And since that day, I'm in the business of education. We served almost 100,000 students at at the same time. When I first came to the US uh, in the early 2000s, I asked if there were any test preparation centers here or not. That's why we visited you then. Yes. So when visiting Kaplan, yes. we yes. met you. Yes. Sonra. And then uh, after the test preparation centers, I established a K through 12 school business from kindergarten to the high school in 1994. In 1998, I established my first university. And then I established a university in Washington, D.C. with you, my, a member on my board. We started doing our business in Washington, D.C. with you, but then, you know, we made it into a university. Berlin'de yine bir üniversite Again, kurdum. I established a university in Berlin, Georgia'da in Batumi, Georgia, Batumi. the country Georgia, Kıbrıs. And Cyprus, Ve şimdi and now England. Recently, England. I have an international boarding school in Canada. I have an education center in Rome. So I have educational centers, institutions, schools, or universities at various locations in the world. I'm the largest education group in Europe today. Serving 200,000 students. And 15% of this student population, they get full scholarship from me and because they are from, you know, lower uh, income families. And recently was uh, selected by the UN, by their division UNITAR, 
we established a section of UNITAR in Istanbul. I'm the chairman of sure. it now. And I'm working for the children of the world. This is my life. This is life. I'm sorry, I have to ask two questions then. When you were at the test prep center, 18, I think you said, I think you said what, two years later, you partnered and you bought that test prep center. How did, how did, how did you raise that money? Where did you get that money from to buy it? And roughly how much did it cost? Did the uh, founder of that test preparation center, Okay. He wanted to leave the business okay. because, there you know, it didn't have any value as a business. It wasn't a successful business. I mean, it, he didn't make any money out of Is that. The, and I was a student and that math teacher was just a young graduate. Okay. Yani. I mean, we didn't almost pay anything. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. This is a story that, you know, also well but i want to tell it from my perspective i'll start when i was standing in front of an auditorium here in washington dc kaplan what i saw in that auditorium was this large delegation turkish dignitaries media educator businessman that i would only see for maybe 10 minutes but i respected your time so the questions that you asked, I gave my best to, to respond. After a series of questions, you stood up and you said, I believe you are going to work for me in Turkey one day. In my mind, I thought this man is crazy. <laughs> I thought, and, I, and, I, and the reason why I thought that is because you made such a precise decision, such a bold projection, with so much confidence. It was unreal for me. I'd never seen anything like that before. So I, I think we think of things that are different than what we've experienced. We think those are bad or crazy. But as fate would have it, three years later, I was not just working for you. I became a part of a family that has literally changed my life and has taught me things that no other institution person has, has ever taught me. And what I want to dig deep with today is that mindset that you have had then and you clearly have now it's a mindset that many of us aspire to have thinking big thinking bold acting big acting bold executing big executing bold first of all back then that day i was able to see where paul brunson would be in the future would stand in the future the only thing that i see when i meet a person is how that person could become and how, you know, the brain that that person has, what he has as a capacity. Of course, as always, as everyone else, I love people. So I can easily recognize and I'm passionate about people, about having people who are intelligent, who are smart, but more than that, who are passionate in their hearts. If I have become to this point in my life, if I have become successful, that's because uh, that I was, I have been able to select the people that I work with very well. Maybe amongst them, there were some who were not so intelligent or some who have not been that hardworking. However, the real quality that I'm after is being passionate, having a passion, 
and uh, you know being determined to do something and to be a good person. So that's why when I go back, what really happened that day, there on the stage, I didn't see just a mere a manager of an educational institution. I just saw someone who loved his job, who was passionate with a clean heart. So that person was after something. That's what I recognized. So when telling this to my friends or to my colleagues, I always say that I saw that passion, that spirit in you. That's what I recognized that Ki day. Even though we didn't speak the same language, the şey body language and the eyes, they describe everything. They tell everything. Yes. And in those times, I wanted to start a business here in Washington, D.C., And I told to myself, if I hire this person and start my business with this person, then Şimdi, both of us would win. Bir, One, Paul Brunson, Paul Brunson mutlu, would be happy, iyi bir ortam olacaktı, would have an appropriate environment, work environment that would take him to his desires. And he would be able to do just the things that would make him happy, his soul happy. Maybe I wouldn't be able to offer him a lot of support for the business that we would establish here in D.C. What I could do was to offer opportunities for Paul Bronson so that he could realize his dreams. And we worked very well together. We became friends. Benim, and e, I can see, you know, in a very short time uh, what he has become and all the dreams that he has achieved in his Paul life. But now the bad thing is Paul Bronson is more famous than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Asla, Asla. Never, never. <laughs> But Paul Bronson has not changed a bit in terms of his soul and He was recently married then, but now he has kids. But he still has the same spirit, the same joy and passion. I was not alone that day. You know, we were a group of 10 or 15 people. Yeah, a large group. One of the most important educational columnists, Nuran Çakmakçı, was with us. So we had other... Uh, journalists from other uh, national papers in Turkey. After our visit to you that day, Sizi we çağırdım. went to a Turkish Yemeğe. restaurant and we, we invited you for dinner. Yes. yes. Initially, you responded that you know you wouldn't be able to make it. Exactly. <laughs> to join us for dinner. <laughs> But then we uh, persisted. We insisted, and yeah. then you showed up. Yes. Sinem. Evet, I think Sinem, Sinem was, was, was major in that. When you came, your eyes were sparkling, a bit surprised, but a bit excited. Yes. All my friends there who were with us, they also enjoyed being with you very much. And you have become a part of our family. You came to Turkey a lot. I got to know your parents, your mom, your dad. And since then, you know, our relationship has never stopped. And then good luck to you. <laughs> And that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, there's so many things I could say about that. But you know what's fascinating? When we were at the restaurant that night, was that a job interview? Because I, I, I look back... 
think about the questions I was being asked and the observations that were being made. Was that an informal job interview? No, that no. wasn't a formal job interview in our ben mind. Veriyorum. I give decisions, I take decisions very quickly. That Yemek day, onun... I had never thought, you know, let's see, you know, how you would behave in the dinner, what you would do at the dinner. I've never Tabii given a thought to that. Çok... But hmm. you were right. A group İş of Turkish veriyor. people and a Turkish businessman from Turkey, Kim whom diyor, you've never diyeyim? met or heard of, Someone offers you a job and you were Ama right being suspicious about it, having some doubts in your mind about it. But I have always tried to, ben, what I tried to do was to open myself kendime, with everything I have that I can show to çoktur. you. I have a high confidence in myself. You know, you should have known me very well so that you would be open so that way only if you could uh, had known me very well then you would be able to open your heart and your aspirations what you right. had in your heart and mind with me yeah, so that wasn't a classical job interview or dinner sure, i've never sure. done that way i've never approached that sure. way but what, what i see a similarity is that without a doubt you make faster bigger decisions than anyone i've ever met in my life but i think that's a commonality because I make quick decisions too. But what allows you to Ama make those decisions? Because I think so many of us, so many people listening, freeze when they have to decide between two things, three things. What's your decision-making process? Maybe that's because I have taken many decisions in my life before. And I like taking risks. And I guess I know people now. I don't regret the decisions that I take. And generally, I also have, you know, a spirit full of excitement. You know, I like doing exciting things. And one more thing that I pay attention to when I take any decision is thinking at the background of my mind, what could be the worst out of this? And to what extent that could harm me? If that will not destroy me, then I can take those maximum risks. Interesting. If it will not destroy me. Yes, I'm never afraid of falling down. I'm never afraid of losing. Because I know that my health is in good shape. I can always stand up again. And this is what is important. You shouldn't have the, you know, uh, worry of falling down. But uh, you should worry about if you trust yourself that you will stand up. Again. So, I've taken some wrong decisions too in my life, but they did not hurt me a lot or harm me a lot. But of course, if I suspect that that decision could harm me a bit more, then I try, I tend to be a bit more cautious. Cautious, okay. So for the listener now who wants to be in that position where they can take decisions, let's say they fear falling down, what can they do to prevent that fear? Uh, what I can tell them is that they shouldn't be afraid of falling down. They should question why they fell down. I mean, as long as they are not losing uh, their integrity, as long as they are not losing the other people's trust in them, and those risks and those decisions, decisions will not destroy them, then they shouldn't be afraid of that. So losing is like the, you know, um, sister brother or winning. 
Interesting. It is important to win and it is important to lose. I talk to the people, not only the ones who have always won in their lives, but also the ones who have lost in their lives. Yeah. As long, I mean, it is more important for the listeners, for them that they are not losing their basic human values, their humanities, their dignities. Yes, yes. You know what I'll never forget is um, one, one evening you sent me a text. This was a few years ago. And it was you um, on your new boat, which I'm jealous. I've not been invited onto the new boat yet. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But you were eating with the Ama, staff. Uh, birlikte, and, and you were suggesting that you listen to everyone, Ve no matter how high or low their hani, status kadar, is. When I wrote the article about you and Oprah, I noticed that she does exactly the Oprah'la same. Il- so then how can those who are listening put themselves in a position where they can listen to everyone? And, and just to give an example, one thing that you and, and Oprah do exactly the same is I notice you don't like to eat alone. Every time you come, massive dinners, 20, 30 people dinners, right? She does the same. Massive dinners, 20, 30 people at dinner. And you're listening, right? being informed. That that lends itself. But how can those who are listening who can't afford to put on a dinner for 30 people, how do they get that, that information? They should try to find ways where they could be a part of such massive groups. Okay. For example, if one of the listeners would like to have a dinner with me at my table, he should have a quality. He or she should have a quality. Doesn't matter what that quality is. I never hire people so that they would have a job. I hire people uh, to become friends with me. <laughs> my friends are my colleagues, you know, are the people that I work with. I have a role and they do have a role too. doesn't matter what that role is. What would make me worry is that now as we have grown a lot, we have grown in number, now I'm not able to have dinner with all my colleagues or friends. But still, I'm, I try my best to be together with people in such you know, uh, huge numbers. Now I'm working with 15,000 people in my group. But my, uh, now, uh, instead of having dinners with 15, 20 people at the same time, now I could have dinners with 500 people at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been to one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technology has improved. We can talk to each other all the time. We need to share that excitement and our spirit with Everyone okay. working with us, be it my CEO or a person at the very low level, they should have the same excitement. They should feel the same excitement and spirit. For example, think of all the veins that you have in your body. Would you think that a very small one is not useless? Right. All of them are valuable and all of them are important. Right. So what about the idea of people who are listening, putting together their own table? Because listening to everyone is important. So, for example, one thing I've learned directly from Mr. Yuja is to do this. So I often invite many people over, people I may disagree with, that say voted with tr- for Trump. I still say, come on over. <laughs> Just to understand their perspective. 
is that something that you encourage? Because I seem like bu, I feel like that is part of your book of success. First of all, of course, when I'm hem giving a dinner, I see my friends, and also uh, we have an agenda for that dinner. I mean, there is a kind of agenda okay. for Ve the dinner, o yemek, or sohbet, whatever the topic of the conversation would be for that dinner. I try to bring getiriyorum. together people who would have different perspectives for that topic. I don't bring together only the people who would think the same way that I would think. Because I already know what I'm thinking. So if I have a variety of ideas, the ones that have different ideas should talk so that maybe I can have something, a few ideas. Sure. And this doesn't cost me any consultancy fee. It's only a dinner. Only a dinner, yeah. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. You know, so, you know, you came from humble beginnings. I've gone to your your village in the Black Sea. And now here you are. One of your many schools is one block from the most powerful address in the world. When you look back, what are the top two or three lessons that you've pulled about becoming just a better person? One, uh, being communal. So loving and uh, having the, um, uh, you know, drive in you to be useful, to be helpful to people. I enjoy giving That makes me happy and that in a way, you know, feeds my brain. For example, I'm really very much interested in Africa now. Yes. I have students almost from every country in Africa that study in my university in Istanbul. And I don't see them any different from myself. It was not in my hands to be born in Turkey. So, because I mean, the land that you are born in shouldn't become your destiny. But wherever you are born, it cannot be one of your positive qualities, you know, the place that you are born. I could have born in anywhere. Right. So that means everyone, I would like... And I would want everyone to live in better conditions. I'm a human being. I need to be useful to the other people. I need to be helpful to the other people. This is my passion. Okay. This is interesting. So loving, caring, giving, these are the three. You will love people. And you will do things, produce, create. And you will share. And now the fashion you know, word is... You will be doing all of these for a more sustainable, sustainable world. Yeah. Right. You look at certain Zengin countries oluyor. or people that you know they are wealthy. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> ne how did you become wealthy, rich? I mean, by taking what from other people? Acaba I mean, did you become rich because you destroyed maybe the future of our children? Hmm. Yoksa zengin olabilirsin. Yeah, I mean, you can become rich. 
Ama neyi kullanarak oldu? But you are you become rich by using what? Right. That's important. Right. I Artık mean, now the world that çok tüketme gayreti içinde olmayacağız. You, we shouldn't be in the you know we shouldn't be putting a lot of effort to uh, gain produce a lot so that we can consume a lot. Right. We will produce as Ürettiğimizi much as de sonuna we kadar need kullanacağız. to produce or create, and we will be using those that we produced yeah, Paul Branson so, so Paul Branson shouldn't be stealing Torunun from the future şey of his children or his grandchildren. That's true. That's true. An- another question. Bir başka soru um, somewhat on the same topic. Over the last few years here in the United States, I've interviewed more billionaires than any other journalist. Diğer gazetecileri kıyasla çok daha fazla sayıda milyarderlerle. And and as I sat across from them and listened to their story, I realized that all of you all have at least one skill in common Tabii. and that's the ability to sell your vision you know you guys are very charismatic evet. all good looking <laughs> and i've seen literally heard people describe you that way they'll say enver ujela looks kind of like a boxer a french actor together <laughs> but but so i it's almost it feels like it's almost a character because yani every, everyone i've met is charismatic they can sell good looking işte so, so my question is how much of yani that is methodical how much of that do you think about organic uh, generally what what do you prefer to eat organic you know yes organic and what do you like in people Could you consider me as an organic person? Duruşum, evet. That's why. I mean, the way that I behave, şey için my the way that değilim. I stand, I'm not doing this because I want to be something. Right. I want samimiyim. to. I'm sincere. Ben neysem oyum. I am who I am. Otherwise, you know, you cannot become that Sen organik olman lazım. You need to be organic. Yapalım diye bir hareket içerisinde olamam. O zaman now and let me you know do or stand this way. I cannot be in an effort like that. If I show an extra effort to be like that then I I will lose. Sen bir televizyon programı yapıyorsun. You do TV shows. Sen samimisin. You are sincere. Sen içinden geliyor ruh ve Whatever you say, I mean the way that you behave act, it comes from within you. Belki right. daha iyi anlatabilmek için bazı hareketler yapıyorsun. Maybe you are using extra gestures to be able to explain yourself yes. better. Yes. But that's it. I mean the training that you Yaptığın had. Hareketler, the acts. Sende var acts, olan or- Your training on, could only take out what you already or you have. have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree In with this. You. So so for the listener it seems like what they need to do is they need to own who they are. Ders, quirks what makes them different not hide those things they need to display them proudly you know acting trying to you know get new behaviors you know movements or whatever just 
kendisini in an effort to look like kend- someone else. Kendine, For example, they shouldn't be in the effort of making themselves more similar to Paul Branson, you know, how yeah. he acts. Ama yeah. şeklen But I'm all, of course talking about in shape. Neyse yeah, o I mean. I mean, whoever they are, they should become that. They Esas should be displaying that. Odur. And okay. that is the real beauty of them. And that is the real sincerity. Okay. Every person is good. Every person is beautiful. People, of course, should take models from each other. Okay. They can have models. Fair. All right. I want to get to some fun questions before we open it up for the, so for the so audience to ask questions. Them. All right. So a lot of people... Don't have an opportunity to uh, befriend someone of your status. So a big question on their minds is what are some odd things that you do? You know, we all have odd habits, for example, for me. This is very odd. I've never said this. <laughs> When I get out of the bed, I must get out on the right side. Even if I'm on the left side, I roll over my wife to get up out of the right side of the bed. <laughs> It's terrible. What is something that you do that people may find unusual? I don't know. I don't have anything odd. Just when I leave the house... I try to leave the house, you know, as much happy as I am, you know. I try to be happy when I'm leaving the house. I always expect my wife to say goodbye to me with a happy smile on her face. Then I'm happy. Wow, wow. Do you so morning routines is something yani that I've also noticed is very popular with the successful yani people. What, what is your morning routine? Sizin sabah rutininiz nedir? Sports. I walk. Kahvaltı. And then breakfast. Bir de eve heyecan getiririm. And I bring joy, excitement to the house. No work in the morning. Yok mu sabahları? No, no work in the morning. In eight to ten, I don't work. You don't work. Şimdi. Now, Ama at this age, but when I was around your age, I would start work at six. At six yes, mm. and, and work all day. Yes. yes, and sleep in the business. Yes. I remember. Okay, so, so let's talk about just sport real quick, because health is Çok something that as şey I get older, I realize is paramount. Pardon the interruption. Just want to tell you about something that my wife and I have just launched and we are very, very excited about. It's called BWP Connect. Now, you may already know, but if you don't know about it, let me put you on, okay? It's a very safe place for those of us who value legacy, culture, and financial freedom through entrepreneurship to all come together and connect. If you are interested in more information about BWP Connect, Simply go to paulcbrunson.com backslash B-W-P-C-O-N-N-E-C-T. That's paulcbrunson.com backslash B-W-P connect. And now let's get back to the show. When you were, you know, growing up in the journey, right, yeah, building the business, were, were you focused on physical health and mental health or none whatsoever? Physical Of course I did. I gave a lot of thought on both because all the zeros that come after one are useful. But if you don't have that one, and then all those zeros, it's zero. And that one is health. If you are not healthy, if you don't give importance to your health, then you cannot become anything. This is fair. All right. So mentorship 
is something that a lot of people talk about today. I consider you one of my mentors. Did you have a mentor as you were building the business and how important is mentorship to building a business? I didn't have a mentor, but when I tried to uh, you know become friends with the people who have who had become successful in what they were doing and they were doing similar jobs similar businesses as me okay so ama, I learned from them from but I didn't have a mentor but I believe that people should have few men you know one or two you know a few mentors in their life and people that they would trust least, you know if when giving an important decision they should take their brains i listen to other people a lot and i ask a lot of, a lot of questions, questions right And then I try to bring all of them together and then I give a decision. And the expectations of this world today, they are different now. Yes. And if you want to become rich, then you should definitely be involved in, you should definitely make, you know, social responsibility projects as part of your life now. Yeah. That's a definite i mean people should definitely show extra effort to reach out to disadvantaged population especially the children children in the disadvantaged populations people should love themselves i mean the listeners should love themselves but they should also love the world that they live in but this is interesting because i think when most people think about business for marginalized people, disadvantaged children. You don't necessarily think that there is opportunity to generate, you know, business, revenue, big sales. So when you mention if you want to be rich, you should be involved with projects that touch around social responsibility. Ex- explain that one. Now you are rising in your career life. This rising trend will continue and then when you come up to a certain level, then there you will see that there have been many things that you have not done. And then at that point, you wouldn't have a lot of time left for you to focus on those things that you hadn't done before. So you should try to do both things at the same time as much as you can. That way you will see that you will earn more. You will make more money, but at the same time, you will have a more, you know, a stronger stand and you will become a better person. Generally, I see people and I like seeing that, you know, people generally at the age of 40 or below 40, they like being involved in social responsibility activities more. Yes. Yeah. All right. This is good. This is good. So... Let's open up to some questions. This is really good. This was, uh, by the way, uh, you're very popular in our community. A lot of people had some, a lot of questions. It was hard to figure out which ones. But I think you'll enjoy these. Hi, Paul. My name is Dan. I'm from London. My question is essentially, how do you find your business tribe? So a group of people you can bounce ideas off and have productive discourse. So yeah, that was from Darren. From the UK. 
farklılıkları varsa I try to bring together uh, as many varieties as possible together for example the business that I want to do related with that business I'm trying to think of all the different perspectives or all the different things that people could have and I try to bring find those people and bring them together you have a different I'm Tam doing business in the UK as well and I'm learning something from my colleagues in England uh, being meticulous in what you are doing paying yes. attention to details yes. this is something that I'm learning from my uh, British colleagues. So what I'm also trying to do recently as you know the more opportunities I have in time This is something that I can do. You said that, you know, in my dinners, I'm trying to bring different cultures together during such dinners as well. Yeah. For example, I tried to do a business in England a couple of years ago, but I was not successful. The only reason was culture, cultural difference. But then... I became partners with some British people and I learned about, you know, the culture, the way that they see business, their perspectives. Yes. I learned those and now we've started a business and I uh, uh, we've acquired a university. I became one of the partners of the university. When you are doing business, culture is a very important component mm. of it. If you don't have that culture, or if you don't understand that culture, then you cannot do the yeah, business this is, there. That's a major point. All right, I loved it. Loved it. All right, let's go to the next question. Hi, my name is Jai Flowers from Los Angeles. Before earning billions, what advice would you give yourself when you were only making thousands? If it's true that the results of our life are due to our thoughts, emotions, and efforts, how would your current self mentor your past self to make this change of focus? Thank you. Benim tabii ki çok güzel bir soru. I mean, this is a very good question. It's, it's great. It's great. And he's from LA, by the way, too. Los Angeles. Yes, I forgot to mention that. Sorry, Los Angeles. Eğitim. Education starts in the family. Um, the most important uh, component of my education life is my family. I still remember what my mom and dad used to tell me when I was a kid. And now both of them passed away. Sometimes when I'm still doing certain things, I still think of their words, you know, what they would tell me. No matter under what condition I am in, I say that I will never do wrong. Kimseyi kandırmayacağım. I will never deceive anyone. Kimsenin de beni kandırmasına And razı gelmeyeceğim. I will never let anyone to deceive me. Yeah. I'll be true, honest, and I'll be always right, Başarırım clean. Ama Maybe I can be successful at a later stage. Böyle çalışırsam But başaracağımı biliyorum. Then I know that I will become successful. Of course, I didn't start my business with a capital in my hands. Um, when I was, you know, a kid, we didn't have even right, you know, a, a nice path, a nice road to walk, uh, going to the elementary school and secondary school. We didn't have any electricity in our house until we started the middle school. So I grew up in such conditions and now I came to where I am now. I mean, I didn't direct myself to some wrong paths 
in those days. Consider now, I even pay more attention now to be always in the right path. Okay. So that's why when talking to Enver at that age today, <laughs> so what I'm telling to that Enver yeah. now that uh, considering all the conditions you lived you know, under right. those years. Right. You have you did not divert yourself to other wrong ways, paths. You have always done what you thought was the right way. And I'm glad that, you know, you, you did it this way because this is now where we are and successful. So always now um, give the same advice to the young people around you to act in the similar way that you are acting now. Right, right. Yalnız This is başıma, what I would tell to Enver. Yalnız başıma büyümek o beni mutlu etmiyor. Uh, growing by myself or growing only as Enver does not make me happy. De We need to grow together with the other people, De, you know, with me, around me. When I pick a very nice looking apple, for example, yeah. then another one also next to me should be able to pick a good looking, a fine apple, apple too. Yes. Yes. No. And that, by the way, I, I, I highly admire that about you. Family, not only the family environment. But but the engagement, yeah, with, with your daughter, with evet. Begum, with Hussein, evet. with your son, yeah, with, with your wife. I mean, that's, that's it's, it's admirable. Hey, thanks for letting me ask this question. My name is Brian. Uh, I'm in San Diego, California, and I've got a question about uh, kind of the mentality behind wealth. So I know that a lot of people when they acquire wealth, that the money starts to lose value a little bit because it's no longer the asset that everyone's seeking. So I'm curious to hear your philosophy on what is your definition of success and how does wealth integrate into that definition? Thanks so much. I think I tried to say a few things uh, during our chats. Um, about this topic, maybe the measurement that we use uh, for wealth has changed today. And there have been a lot of changes in um, listing the countries in terms of their wealth. And that measurement has changed too. So an advanced and wealthy country doesn't mean only the per capita income. But it means whether that country is a sustainable country, is a country where people could live in healthy conditions and, you know, uh, the rule of law, Yes. the condition of, you know, the legal system or the rule of law and fair conditions to everyone. So this is the same for individuals as well. So the money that you have in a bank, the cash that you have, that means uh, in terms of measurement, in terms of money, yes, it makes you rich. But is your soul rich as well? When you look back, what that money uh, has contributed to you for your growth? Have you contributed or have you given back to the society by being involved in many social responsibility projects, for example? Uh, the first time that I came to the States years ago, it was to San Diego. 
So this question that comes from San Diego, <laughs> I would share with my friends now in San Diego that Belki, maybe, I mean, this may not earn him a lot of, you know, financial <laughs> results, but if he goes to Mexico, just across the border, he Bu holds Diego, the hand of a small kid across the border and then, you know, show him that beautiful environment in San Diego, even that is something that he can learn a lot. Right. And he can enjoy doing a lot. Right. Yani değil. So Olmaz. it's not uh, wealth is not measured by money only. Wealth should be measured uh, other things as well, like helping people, reaching out to people, being involved to social responsibility activities. You know, um, just a, I'm just I'm curious about this because you talked about how he can just go over the border and hold a hand. And, and you know this is something that I've noticed that you've done especially Sizin, in the time that we worked together where hep, you would uh, leave şey bu, Turkey and come to the United States or to gelirken, Germany or to Canada I've noticed that I've had more professional success by leaving the United States going to Turkey going to the UK Amerika'yı going to Jamaica bırakıp, and this speaks to something you said earlier about understanding culture but is this something that you would advocate people to do that are just starting their businesses? Should they remove themselves from their current city, go to a different city, different different country? Of course they should. They should go and see other places. I can say that I've learned a lot by just visiting around the world. I learned what poverty means by visiting around the world. And I saw wealth by visiting around the world. Onun için görmeliyiz. So that's why first of all we need to see. Bak dünya küçük bir köy haline see, geldi. I mean, the world has become like a global village, a small village, but we made this world small. Teknolojiyle we internet, teknoloji. technology, you know, internet, building bridges, etc. We made the world a small one, a small village. But barış içinde yine yaşayamıyoruz. We still cannot live in peace. Why? Why? For example, America is the superpower country in the world. Okay. Maybe one of the most important countries that contributed for the globe to become a small village because of the technology that it, you know, uh, produced. Right. But now that America, the same America, they yeah. are trying to establish walls yeah. to her border. So then why did you make the world a small one? <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was... <laughs> That's a long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I completely <laughs> agree. <laughs> For example, <laughs> now there is a huge problem of refugees in the world. Yes. In the world today, six to eight point five million people <laughs> had to leave their home countries. Right. <laughs> I would love like everyone in the world to come and see all those refugee people uh, in my country, all those little newborn babies, little kids or the pregnant women. And unfortunately, you know, the conditions they, they live in and also how they die. You know, four million Syrian people have come to our border, to the Turkish border. Yes. We couldn't have said no to them. And we couldn't have just closed our border to them. They escaped from war and they came to our border. So we opened our borders and we accepted those 4 million people in our country. 
Right. Ama right. But sınırları kaldıran Avrupa Birliği the European Union that's you know uh, got rid of all their borders within themselves. Aman bize gelmesinde sınırları they kapattılar. They were afraid of having refugees and they closed all the borders of the EU and they started to establish walls. Yep. So these such acts does not look good for advanced countries, so-called advanced countries or wealthy countries like them. Sure. Yes, sınırdan biz de almayacağız. So we wouldn't what would happen if we didn't also accept yeah. those people. So all of right. them would be killed. Right. And the whole in the eyes of the whole world. Would you call this a wealthy world? Right. Yeah. Wealthy country? Yeah, absolutely not. The rise of nationalism, really erecting the word nationalism, is spreading all over the world. Um, it's, it's one of these where it's incredibly unfortunate Because you're right. We are, I remember there's a gentleman, Thomas Friedman. You, Thomas I think you know Thomas Friedman. Friedman. Yeah. yeah, he coined the phrase "the world is flat." Uh, I think so I met his wife through you. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I was at a party. Maybe I think on your behalf, but I met his wife. I remember walking her to her car. And uh, and and so you know he coined that the, the world is flat. But I've never seen it more divided in my lifetime than today. Yeah. Um, all right, so we have one last question. Okay. My name is Sakina. I'm from Austin, Texas. And my question is, how did you find your personal calling? And also, how do you navigate the road between personal fulfillment and a lucrative career? Um, what I'm doing is obvious. Initially, when I started my career, I didn't know the real value of what I was doing. You know? But I have a nature and I have a character. And the, the, this business actually matched my nature and my character very well. At some point, I realized that the way that I could be really useful to people would be through education, through what I was doing. Hı. So then, that turned out to be my passion. That became my passion. So now, I'm using a slogan. I have a motto now. Every child in the world has the right to have a good education. I want every child in this world, every single child, to get a high quality, good education. So Güney that's Afrika'ya why kadar. from Mongolia to South Africa, Dan, from Japan to e, kadar Europe, wherever istiyorum. I go, the first thing that I'm trying to do is to touch the disadvantaged children first. İnsanlar to serve for them first. So we as people should both develop the world, but lazım. also should live in peace. And education is the only tool for us to do this. Hem, so both my mind and heart, they speak the same. The same. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. I think she'll enjoy yeah. that answer. Bence bu cevap onun çok hoşuna yeah. gidecek. You know, so I have one final question. Bir son sorum var This is a personal Sizde question. But listening to you today, I think I already know what I need to do, but I want to 
here again. I have so many ideas. So many things that I enjoy doing. There's a joke that Jamaicans always have 10 jobs. I have about 20 jobs right now. I'm super Jamaican. <laughs> so my question is more so, do I continue to go wide? and experiment with different things, television, writing, etc. Or am I at a point in my career where you suggest I start to narrow? So which one? Go wide or narrow in? So the most important advice to you now is that... You should never detach yourself from the business, the thing... That does not exhaust you, tire you, but on the contrary, that gives you joy in doing. Yep. Don't select a path, never, Ish. just to do a business. Ish, Actually, business should is a game in our lives. You should learn uh, or you should play the game that you like a lot. Well, that way, if you do so, you will not get tired. Tamam. But if there is something that you have to do, then don't let it make you sorry. Don't let it make you uh, unhappy. Do not ever kill that child in you. That way you will become happy and successful. I have many things in my life too. Ama so many different things in my life. But I prioritize them. Hoşuma giden benim tutkum oluyor. And the ones that I like doing the most, they become my passion. For example, I'll visit Cuba soon. Because, you know, the children in Cuba also have, you know, some problems. They also have the right to live in good conditions. So amongst all these other things that I need to do, I enjoy going there, seeing that part of the world and seeing what I can do there. In South Africa, Yes. Uh, in the past, there was, you know, uh, a group of people who were not taught mathematics or they didn't teach, you know, the mathematics. Now, uh, we uh, designed a program, a curriculum to teach them mathematics that's, that's through I mean, games. That's interesting. There's a part of the population that specifically were not taught math. In, yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. Yeah, black people. Yes, black people. All black, but all throughout all of South Africa. Why, I'm curious, why was it mathematics? Okay, wow. I did not know that. So so don't kill the inner child. No. But, okay. Don't kill the inner child. All right. All right. Done. Well then, I see you're super Jamaican because you said you have a lot of. And I love Jamaicans very much. Yeah, Jamaicans love you as well. Well, Mr. Yujan. Yes. And my And Sinem. Thank you for remembering me. Thank you. Thank you very much. You. This, this has been outstanding. Thank you, thank I want to thank you for, for the impact on my life. I, I truly believe there's certain people that enter your life to shake you up. You shook me. And, and as a result, I'm a better person. So thank you. Let me say something. When I knew you, when I got to know you, you were so young. <gülüyor> <gülüyor> ve çok varlıklı bir ailenin çocuğuydu. 
were, uh, you know, a member of a wealthy family. You know, you were the yeah. son of a wealthy father. Yes. But you did not choose select money. This is really important. And secondly, I always appreciate you seeing you that you are doing things that you are doing with full passion. Ben binlerce interview yaptım. I had thousands of interviews in my life. If you you ask me now, who asked you the best questions? You are in top three. Oh, I don't know whether you rank the first, second or third. I don't know that exactly, but you rank in the first three. We've had a great conversation today. You know, again, you know, you ask me questions that would take everything in me out. And I'll never forget of this interview. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Last question. I promise. <gülüyor> When we sit here and I interview you Burada for the follow-up interview, what will your business look like then? I guess, you know, we would, I would be doing, you know, reaching out to more people, growing the business more, but touching more children in the world. I would have... More problems. I, I would be busier. I would become a person like that, I guess, from 10 years from today. Nothing would change. Enver would be the same, Enver. Just another zero and more problems. Yes. So I'll ask you, what will you become when you become a more, you know, celebrity at a much different level. Would you interview me again? Oh, one is, you know, I don't like celebrity life. I don't. Can I tell a quick story too is, you know, I was in Bodrum. Uh, brought my family to Bodrum. We're in the hotel and a family approached me and then asked Not only could they take my picture, but they told me that yesterday, the the day prior, when I was at the pool, they took a picture of me, and I wasn't in my good ab shape. I didn't look I didn't look right in my bathing suit. <laughs> and I realized that aspect I don't like. The notoriety I don't like. I like the almost the power that comes with the influence, but I don't like the attention. Mm. So I don't I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if I'll continue doing that. I don't know. But I know I'll have more problems. <laughs> Hopefully another zero. You are in safe hands. I will never guide you, misguide you. Yeah, I will never let you go in a wrong direction. Wrong, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. But thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it. Another episode of Better With Paul in the books. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good. Let's make the next week incredible. And then I'll see you on the next Better With Paul.